Welcome to the Faith, Church and Disability podcast. I'm Geraldine, a trustee on the CBM New Zealand board. At Christian Blind Mission, because we fight to end the cycle of poverty and disability, we're glad to be teaming up with the Baptist NZ podcast network to produce this podcast series. Find us online at cbmnz.org.nz and baptist.nz slash podcasts. We hope you find this episode inspiring. Hello, I'm Murray Sheard, CEO of CBM New Zealand Christian Blind Mission. On these podcasts, I've interviewed a number of people with disabilities, which has been a great pleasure. But today is, is a little different. I'm here with Charles Hewlett. Welcome, Charles. Yeah, hi, Murray. It's good to be with you. Hi, and yeah. Charles, you are, uh, well, you have been the um, principal of Kerry Baptist College, but you're now the New Zealand Baptist leader of Correct. the Baptist churches. Correct. Yes. Yep. Great. Yeah, so I've been in that role for about five years. Yeah. Super, yeah. Yep. yeah. Now, I have to admit, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... Um, had some interesting feelings coming here today. Um, you are someone who had children with profound disabilities, and uh, I have read your book, Healing Hope, and I'm feeling, if anything, uh, a little terrified in that I don't know what I'm going to feel today, <laughs> and I don't know what you're going to feel today, um, because these are deep personal issues. They also bring up theological questions uh, they go to the heart of faith, but also humanity. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for joining in, and I'll just ask you to give a little bit of your story. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Murray. Um, yeah, I guess you know, just even reflecting as as I've heard you speak there, you know, most of my life, most of my married life anyway, um, has been marked out by disability and sickness and hospitals, um, and grief, and death, mm. and, um, you know, we've, we've sort of had to adjust from being normal, whatever that is, to, to, to sort of being almost entirely defined mm-hmm. um, by children living with disability. Um, you know, um, about August 92, so it's, it's, a, it's a while ago now, um, uh, our first child, Janelle, was born, and um, five months later, um, she was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumour, and she was just given um, two to six months to live. In fact, that would have been um, 31 years ago mm. this week, actually. Mm. Um, despite the prognosis they gave her, she lived for another 12 years with extreme physical, mm. uh, intellectual disabilities, and she died just short of her 13th birthday. And um, yeah, we, we, we're thankful to God that, that we had those extra years. They were hard years, but enormously thankful um, to God for, for Janelle. <laughs> um, she was born in 92. In April 94, our second child, James, was born. Um, 18 months later, we were told that he was severely uh, intellectually uh, disabled. And today he's 29 years old. He has the cognitive ability of about a nine-month baby, six to nine-month baby. So he depends on us for, for all his needs. Um, lovely young man, but very hard work. And um, yeah, we, we thought we'd have a, a third child. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Joanne, my wife, are pregnant. Um, her waters broke prematurely at 26 weeks. And um, after four weeks in, in, in hospital, she gave birth to Jessica, 10 weeks early. And, you know, we're, we're, we're sitting there again in, in the hospital, um, listening to the medical professionals, talking about the real possibility of uh, something significantly being wrong with one of our children. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it's, yeah that's, that's our story. And, um, you know, we are committed followers of Jesus. Lots of questions there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we, we look back on, on, on Janelle with much love. James brings us a lot of joy. And Jessica's doing really well, 17 today. And she's doing fine. So, yeah, that's a little bit of our story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. In a couple of minutes. Yeah. Yes, sure. <laughs> and and just, just listening to that, you just really bringing out the, the love you have for these, these beautiful children. And yet um, children that have met your life is very, very different to, to what you imagined. Um, can you say a little bit about um, if you can delve into your memories for both you and Joanne? I know has said in the book a little bit about how, how was it when... It dawned on you first, when you first got the news about Janelle having her tumour and the disabilities mm. that went mm. with it. Um, mm. There was uh, something in the book, I think, that said there was fear and nausea were two of the, <laughs> the feelings. How, how, how was that for you, Charles? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, well life, life got turned upside down real, mm. real quickly overnight. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a long time ago now. I... I think, um, yeah, enormous fear of the unknown, probably a, a real sense of naivety of suddenly being thrown into this hospital world and and um, uh, being separated as, as husband and wife, Joanne needing to be in, in the hospital and, and, and I was staying at home and, and I was studying theology at that time. That all went on hold. Um, training to be a path, that all went on hold. Um, yeah, our wor- world's just turned upside down. I mostly remember now um, the people around us who supported us, uh, Murray, family members, uh, church members, the, the meals that turned up. I look back and think, yeah, in the midst of that, God was enormously, enormously present. Mm. Um, I, I can only at times, you know, physically walking down the the, the, the corridor in the hospital and and, and, and feeling. Um, just God's presence and pushing us along. So, yeah, it was a, a very strange time. Life turned upside down, mm-hmm. but experiencing my faith mm. hey, in, in ways that I hadn't before. Mm. Um, the next 13 years, though, <laughs> enormously difficult, mm-hmm. enormously difficult. Um, and, yeah, so naivety in those early days and... Everyone sort of rushes around when, when things happen immediately okay. and very quickly, you know, six months in, you know, yeah, just that you don't, you don't see as many people or, right. or people forget about you. Yes, for you're, other you're, people it goes back to normal, but yeah, for you, you it's a daily. You're, you're still living, living, living it. Mm. And um, yeah, um, as you, you, if you've read the book, you will know, um, you know, there's a lot of things in there I'm not particularly proud of, but, but yeah, um, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of frustration, a lot of anger. Yeah, a lot of hurt, a lot of weeping. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just because I was a follower of Jesus, I wasn't exempt, and I'm still not exempt from some of the really difficult things in, in mm. life. Yeah, well, yeah. Run, running out the door saying, "I've had it. This is enough." And, <laughs> and, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand. I'm, yeah. 
I, and there's some other things there that really struck me. So there was the story of uh, James coming past in a, in a van mm. with some other kids and mm. you would normally, if a kid saw you, and, and I have a I have a four-year-old and occasionally mm. um, I see him on his walk at preschool and, and they will, of course, say say hi and he will recognize me, but James didn't recognize you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you also said that nothing can be sort of enjoyed for what it is anymore because it always <laughs> has that tinge of, of grief. And yeah. there seemed to be a really strong theme through Hurting Hope of you had this idea of what was supposed to be and what is what is normal for most people, the usual hopes and dreams of parenthood. Yeah. Um, and you say yeah. that being replaced with something very different, sad, daunting, and unwanted reality. And that, as you say, it's not something that just sort of happens once. It's something that carries on in, yeah. in your reality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And you said, yeah, as you said just before, from being normal to being almost completely defined by your children's disabilities what were some of the i guess the ordinary everyday little things that were very very different and and very hard yeah um i think being different from every everyone else um yeah it was very hard to you know you'd go to functions or you'd go to birthday parties and and everyone would be talking about their kids and the progress that they were making and you know we were we were thinking about the next ct scan you know and whether or not the, the tumor had grown or we were, we were watching james and he, he still was unable to crawl or still unable to move and, and even today to, as a 30 year old that is an area where we grieve a lot where we, we imagine what could be um, and, and so, yeah, those lost opportunities, um, very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Things that families did, they'd, they'd go to the rugby together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we would we'd hear of our friends doing this. They'd go camping together. It was, it was too much with too profoundly, uh, to kids living with profound disabilities. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we would be left at home knowing what our friends were doing, yes. knowing what yeah. everyone else was doing. And so, yeah, we, we, we felt ab- abnormal. Mm. Um, and yeah, you you're very much defined by it. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and I'm talking very much in, in in these early days when you when you're coming to terms with it. Yeah. But you know, I, I think you know as the journey goes on, mm. <laughs> you know, we, we, we begin to to appreciate and love and value and accept mm. you know, our kids for, for who they are, yeah. rather than imagining oh what they could be. Yes, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, because yeah. um, I, I remember when uh, a while ago my my mum died, but for quite some time she mm. had uh, dementia, and I was mm. I was um, looking after her quite intensely at the same time that most of my friends were looking after their kids, and they were tired, and I was tired, but they were they were building something. They knew their kids were going to become yeah. more independent. They were going to have all these milestones and joys. Whereas I felt like I was just effectively hospicing my mum there was going to be yeah. no sort of yeah. happy ending so yeah. and I so I can imagine that for you having your kids and then looking at your friends with, mm-hmm. the, with their kids that yeah. that divergent path and feeling like you're not being seen by them but yeah. also um you're, you're not going to have the yeah. the end result yeah. that they yeah. have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah and a lot of a lot of grieving there <coughs> but, mm. but I love I love to tell I love to tell the story of um being invited to speak to a group of young adults um, who had profound intellectual and physical disabilities. Mm. And, and I just started, you know, I was only a couple of minutes in, and, and I got interrupted by a question. And, and someone put up their hand down the back of the room, and, and, and they said, would you like to swap your daughter for a normal one? 
Wow. And I thought, oh my goodness. And I'm standing up the front there and I'm thinking, this is, this is the first time anyone's asked me this question. Would I, would I, you know, would I like to swap Janelle, who, whose cancer-ridden brain had, had left her extremely disabled for a normal daughter? And, and I'm standing there and I, and I, and I sort of you know, I'm spluttering my way through an, through an answer. And I quickly realized um, this, this question, this wasn't about, um, about us or, or our daughter. You know, this was this 20-year-old, 22-year-old woman. I think she was. She was confined to her wheelchair, struggling to live with, with, mm. with cerebral palsy. Um, she wanted to, to hear from us whether she had any value mm. or worth, you know, or, or perhaps, you know, as a person, she's been so badly damaged that she needed to be replaced mm. by, by something was more, more appealing. This was a really significant moment for me in, mm. in what we're talking about because I ended up answering that question with a resounding no. <laughs> you and did know? that surprise you? Yeah, it, it did. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a beautiful moment of, of transition. No. I have a beautiful, beautiful daughter. I have a beautiful, beautiful son who has been fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, and, and you know, forced to think, well, yeah, that verse applies to my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah, they have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and, and I think at that moment, it sort of changed the, the journey for us, began to change the journey. Mm. Um, what, what, what a beautiful gift. And we have been given in our kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it comes across very well in the book. Uh, there's the struggle between uh, the grief you carry, and yet at the same time, mm-hmm. you talk a lot of, of beauty. Uh, Joanne, at one point, it, it says in the book, how can such a broken person be so beautiful? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she talks about the contagious giggles, the, yeah. the fun, uh, yeah. the human train as your, the, your kids w- walking them to bed. Yeah. Um, so that grief of that, that mix of grief and joy, it's not it's just not clean, is it? It's, yeah. it's all in there together. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So Charles, I'm uh, I'm I'm interested in the fact that there are so many stereotypes and assumptions that people have about people with disabilities, and also um, uh, working with with CBM, and I've recently mm. been in in Nigeria, and I have to say that is that is global. The the yep. stigma that people with disabilities face, say in Nigeria where I was, can be mixed up with a whole lot of cultural assumptions as well. And yeah. have there been occasions when someone has asked you something, said <laughs> something to you, uh, maybe unthinking or maybe even well-meaning, that has just made it more difficult? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question because it is interesting. I think most people are well-meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that's important. Yeah, I, oh man, you know, I, I got a bit of a list I could give there, I reckon, um, with our kids. Um, <laughs> there's that sense that they, that they need your pity, um, that they don't have a good life, that they're unable to contribute, that they need fixing, that, that God only speaks through the, the rational, you know, that there's no way he could therefore have a relationship with, with, with your child. Uh, who sinned? Yeah, you, 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 you or your parent. Um, you know, so, so there's many, many things. I think of, um, you know, I think of that one, um, you know, you, they need to be fixed. Mm, yes. Joan and I were speaking at a, at a church once. It was quite a big church. Murray and, and and I'll never forget it at the end. Um, this family who who approached us after we had spoken together, and 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 they're slowly walking down the aisle, and they look exhausted, ready to give up. And Dad was pushing the wheelchair 
in which his profoundly you know disabled son mm-hmm. was sleeping, and um, the, the 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 mother walked you know was just sort of slightly behind it, holding hand. They had a teenage kid, I think, as well. And you know what they said to us? They they, they cried out, "We're in an embarrassment to our church." And, and 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 after wow. after a few moments, you know, there was just this silence, and the father says, "They can't heal our boy." And they don't know what to do with us. Exactly, don't know what to do. Yeah, you know. And so, you know, oh, I don't know whether it's genetic screening to prevent birth of a disabled person, or or, or 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 treating them as a healing project. You know, the message can can appear the same that that disabled lives are not really worth living. And um, you know, if they are, well, they're definitely at a, at a lower, you know, sort of subordinate level. That that that's a big one. That's that's a hard one. What was another one I listed there? Um, I just said, oh, you know, that, um, yeah, yeah, objects of pity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, 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 you, 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 you get that quite a lot. You know, nah, lovely, lovely people that we've known over the years, yeah, that have just viewed our kids as uh, primarily through pity, pity lens. And, and, and they've chose, chosen to just sort of define our, our kids in, in terms of what they can't do mm, or, or okay. what they don't have. Oh, isn't it a shame that, that they can't? Or, oh, it's such a pity, you know? And, and sadly, uh, Murray, these people, they struggle to, to see beyond the wheelchair mm-hmm. and, and the disability to, to, to actually the person who is sitting in that chair. Um, and, and, and it's like what you were saying before. They, they, they fail to know the, the good things. Um, you know, what makes Janelle laugh? For example, mm-hmm. um, what, what songs do, 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 do James enjoy? Yeah, um, what, what special noise? Yeah, um, and, and, and getting to know them as people, yeah. um, and, and not just chores, you know, to look after, um, but rather they can can enjoy them, yeah, in pleasure. Yeah, um, disabled people are not subhuman; <laughs> they will minister to you just as much as as they will minister to, to others. Um, I'm going on and on. Yeah, I could go. I could go. I could go on and on here. Um, But yeah, lots of stereotypes that we yeah yeah, that um, we Mm. need to unpack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but I I take most people I have engaged with, we have engaged with, are well-meaning. Yeah, yeah, and we love that. We love that. We would rather them engage with us and make a mistake. Sure. Then to 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 not engage with us. Yeah. Well, then that's a really really crucial point, and and it takes a little bit of of courage to sometimes do that in engagement because for some people the discomfort level is straight up there and uh, that causes people maybe to look away so my ex board chair from a few years ago and and I've had this said to me by other people friends as well he said look at CBM I've always struggled with the images that we have when we uh, put out our fundraising appeals because in most charities and international development charities will put up these pictures of kids who are obviously in need but they're perfect looking kids and then the cbm image is also of a very beautiful little boy but he's got bow legs or it's of a child um who unfortunately has a a cataract so you know clouding of the eye Uh, and these are not these are confronting images They're they're not easy to look at yeah um and so there's that sense for me of like you know, and it's a theological question as well. Where do we put our pain? Where do we put our discomfort? How do we become people who can hold that discomfort and therefore walk forward and not look away? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, is that something that you've 
you've looked looked at or has um, um, in, in your in your reactions that people have had to you? Yeah, I think you know, I think the, theologically, yeah, God God has made a mistake with our oh. kids. Mm-hmm. The, the, the scriptures um, tell us yes. again that they're fearfully, wonderfully made. <laughs> Uh, did God make it? Yeah. Does, does that verse not apply yeah. to, to to those people? So I think you know that starting point of of of, of having a theologi- theological uh, understanding, and, and, and I think secondly, understanding that yeah, that, that everyone has 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 think. differentiation is, is is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. it's not a bad mm-hmm. thing. So it's working hard to to find the good in people, to to to, to see the image of God in them. You look hard enough. Um, you you will find them. Mm. Um, not only no no not only that, but but look at how they are participating in the mission of God mm. themselves. Yes. Um, so I think um, it's slowing down and, and taking time and, and and engaging with them. Yeah. So 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 having a, a, a theology of of humanity that understands value and worth, mm. um, and I think it's developing that that. Um, just because something might appear broken, mm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't have value or worth. And so, yeah, I would, that, that's that's my encouragement. Mm. And you know, over time, yeah, we we grew to see um, the, the, the enormous value and worth mm. um, yeah. in, in our kids. Yeah, and, and yeah. so Paul makes very clear that the, it's it's through brokenness and, and weakness that, oh, that ab- God ab- ab- shines ab- and engages. Ab- ab- yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I have many stories, you know, yeah, that that, that I could tell. Yeah about how um, I've seen our children and, and others yeah, mm. um, bring glory to God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah and you mentioned um, you know, God valuing of people with disabilities, but you also, you also mentioned there uh, that really interesting idea of, so what, what is it for someone with a disability to also participate in the mission mm. of God? And I understand mm. you, you had done some travel where that was a theme, um, not only asking how are, how are these people being looked after, but yeah. how are they yeah. enabled to participate in the mission yeah. of God? Yeah. Say something about, yeah. about that. Yeah, well, a few, few years ago, we had this opportunity to, to travel the world, and we spent um, time with five people um, who had profound, severe mm-hmm. disabilities uh, to, to observe them in their community, to get to know them, and, and to watch as to how they were participating uh, in the mission of God. Um, um, themselves and we started off in Sao Paulo and we went up to North America and we, mm. we spent time in India and um, where else do we oh Cambodia and oh the highlands of Scotland we wanted to have yeah but I, I, I I'll tell you about one got one 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 experience we had was was the was the boy in, in Sao Paulo uh, in Brazil his name was Gabriel and um <laughs> boy you watch him and and, and, and and that question as to as to um, the worth of people or who participates in the mission of God for me was hugely mm. challenged yeah because yeah this was a profoundly disabled young man living in, in, in a very violent part of the city and um, you know his 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 personhood I guess his his very presence in this community um, yeah his very existence it realized peace. Um, within a suburb um, that was very much outside of the able-bodied paradigm. And, you know, we went in and we watched him, we spent time with him. You didn't see a, 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 a peace activist, you know, delivering an inspiring speech, you know, motivating the masses to transformation, Transformation, you know, we didn't, we didn't see. He wasn't a bold protester, you know, at the front of the march with the big banner, you know. Um, yeah, he wasn't a skilled lobbyist, you know, trying to, to, to argue for, for change, you know, and, and so on and so on. 
Rather, the, the, the peacemaker we observed mm. um, was just someone lying in his bed, mm. dribbling from his mouth, prone to seizures. Um, yeah, he, he, he was incontinent, totally dependent upon others to, to have all his needs met. But, but, we, but we watched Gabriel. His presence provided a doorway for others to, to enter in safely um, and minister to the wider community. He, he became the catalyst for the formation of, of these sort of support, I guess what we'd call them, exemplar support groups that were marked out by peace. Um, yeah, because because he was born there, significant health facilities mm-hmm. <laughs> ended up being being developed um, mm. within within his community. No doubt in my mind, um, with the help of the the, the, the Catholic nuns nuns who were were, were in this community, you know, he, um, they, they, he challenged people to view, I think, um, on their views about about God and, and the world. You know, came very evident to us uh, very quickly. If you were to, if you were to take Gabriel's presence from this community, right. the objectives of God mm. would have been significantly hindered. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and and this is my, my big argument, and it came very much out of the sabbatical. Yeah, maybe it's time to, to reconsider who participates in the mission mm. of God. Just broaden our definition of, of participation. Um, yeah, I wonder, hey, <laughs> how might our leaders, our churches, <laughs> our mission agencies be different yes. if we grasped this fact? Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, so because Ga- Gabriel gave, obviously, a really strong gift to that community. And mm. I do wonder, um, you know, across across our churches, you know, that question of where are and how, how far to the front are people with disabilities? Yeah. And I know that... Um, Apparently, one in ten New Zealand families have someone with a disability, yeah. but you don't necessarily see that in church. So something is perhaps absolutely. hindering that. Is it absolutely. accessibility? Yeah, um, absolutely. Because you read the Gospels. Mm-hmm. I mean, where was Jesus? Mm. Who, who was Jesus? Where did you find Jesus? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I travel the country quite a bit in my job. Been a lot of churches. I love walking in mm. and looking at how many stages mm. up the front have a ramp. Yes. Very few. Yeah. So I know. No disabled person and mm. yeah, has probably been on that mm. stage. Mm. Their story has not been told. Yes, I've had a little bit to do with some of the disability groups within New Zealand. That the church is giving to them is almost zero. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Big, big wake up call from me to mm. to to, mm-hmm. to the church in New Zealand. Yes. I think um, uh, people living with disabilities. I can think of some very, very good. Uh, examples where it's not like this, but mostly, yeah, they are they are not involved. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. accessibility mm-hmm. is a, is a really big issue. You know, things like ramps and narrow doors and and toilets mm-hmm. and, and all, all those sorts of things mm-hmm. that are very difficult. I think theology of suffering, theology mm-hmm. of ser- uh, of healing makes it difficult. Yeah, my son James is quite loud. Yeah, so he he would disrupt your service. Mm-hmm. Um, so so noise. Yeah, and so he's he's thirty, you know. Um, yeah, we struggle to take him to, to a big mall because if he gets upset, you know, it's 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 very very mm. very difficult. Mm. So in in a local church, that that becomes um, very hard. Um, so yeah, there's lots of lots of, lots of barriers. Um, we're very realistic, Murray, on this one, mm. um, because there are so many um, different needs that people have. 
and their, and there are limited resources you know, to provide the things that our kids needed would would cost a church tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so so we, we we have to be realistic about about some of these things. But I think there's some very basic yeah. things that 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 uh, communities, faith communities, can do. Um, yeah, to, to to make make families, yeah. people with disabilities feel feel welcome. Yeah. Yes, um, yeah. and you've you've highlighted that it is, it is expensive. I know in, in in CBM's work, if if we were just trying to do a numbers game of how many people we'd reach, we would never work with people with disabilities because it is harder to reach. It is it is more expensive. And yet, yeah, yeah. again, we feel yeah that that is the mission of God for yeah. us. Awesome. And so for awesome. churches as well, just mm. in New Zealand, um, yeah, what are a, a couple of things that they could they yeah. could do? Well, you know. I, these are these are sort of I guess interesting things that that, that, that come to my mind. You know that, that we've thought about over the years is just just be brave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds funny, but 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 I love it when people would come up to us or, 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 mm. or come up to to, you know, to to James as a thirty year old young. Um, just be brave. Don't be you know be bold. Yes. Treat them with respect. Uh, treat them with with, with with friendship. You know, one church we went to, um, you know, some, someone just kindly offered to to, to, to to give me a break from my son. You know, they actually they actually fed him his lunch. You know, and, and, and these were people who had met James before. They they took a risk. Amazing. They didn't know um, what what he could do, mm-hmm. how he would respond. But you know, so so, so be brave. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 be fear. Be yeah. genuine. Um, yeah, I think we talked about this probably enough, but but people who see your children as 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 healing or prayer projects, mm. they soon taper off. Um, you know, those who have the genuine concern, they'll be there for the mm-hmm. for the long haul. Yeah, and so and so so be, be genuine, uh, be honest, uh, work hard at, at seeing beyond the dribble, mm-hmm. <laughs> seeing beyond the wheelchair. Yeah. Be informed. Yeah, it doesn't not not hard to inform mm-hmm. your church. Take the time to inform mm-hmm. them. You know, this is James Hewlett. Um, his parents are now going to tell you what, what works for him. Yeah, uh, and so so I think you know the, the, those those sorts of attitude things. Be be a friend, mm-hmm. um, boy oh boy. Mm-hmm. Over the years, for, for being a parent particularly, um, it's very lonely. You know, I guess we talked about this before. Right? It's being separate. You're separate from being the normal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, just don't don't be don't be worried, freaked out about being. Being PC sometimes, just just befriend, accept, yeah. involve the families, and and and, and churches. I, I would say be sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how can we help? You know those sorts right. of yeah. So so I think it's a very much for me a, a, a an attitude thing. Yeah. Having that attitude, um, that that friendship, that sacrificial, the the, the love, the the acceptance, the, the support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are they are probably more important. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Than, than a lot of the the other things. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Value them as a person. So the attitude. Value, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just value them as a person. I, Janelle's life was very hard. She suffered a lot, and it affected her body enormously. There's one thing that I thought was beautiful about mm-hmm. Janelle, and it was her fingers, mm. her fingernails. Yeah. You know, they're long and, and beautifully, just just naturally beautiful. And as her dad, um, it was so special when some when I'd watch someone come up to her in, her, in her chair, and and they would just hold her hands and they'd yeah. say to me, "My word, what beautiful wow. hands she, yeah. she's got!" Um, you know, um, that was the best thing ever. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Oh, thanks, thanks, Charles. Mm. Um, mm. 
we we touched on questions of of theology and, and this whole time we've been diving in and out of the, <laughs> yeah. the human condition in many ways um there was one thing i want to wanted to ask you about so you say in the book uh you, you relate a story of how a when you were in the um, cancer ward, a woman with a child with leukemia came out and said, if anyone tells me there is a God, I will spit in their face. And so that whole question of how does God uh, allow evil? Now, you're a, you're a theologian. Um, mm. my, I'm not a theologian, but my, my background is in, in teaching philosophy uh, a while ago. So that question of what we call you know, theodicy or what does it mean? Or how, how, does, how does God, why does God allow mm. suffering and it's been mm. something that philosophers and theologians really trace a 3,000 year plus history around that question um, yeah. <laughs> I mean one of my conclusions is that we really don't know no. but also I think it's a lived question isn't it it's not just a, a, a question in the head because if you had tried to answer that woman right there the best theological answer in the world wouldn't have cut it because no. she was in pain. Yeah. Um, I think I say in the book, don't I? Did I say in the book, I think at the end there of that chapter, that she wasn't after a theologian. Yeah. She just wanted a friend mm. to wrap mm. around her arm around her. That's right. And yeah. tell her that it was going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so this whole very strong idea we have in, in Christianity that God is in our suffering, um, mm. that Jesus suffered and deliberately, the, mm. the crucified God. I remember mm. the, the 19th century philosopher um, Schopenhauer pointed out, he said, at the center of Christianity is an instrument of torture, the, the cross. And for him, that was a way of saying Christianity is is itself torture. We're trying to, um, you know, um, the uh, this idea of, of God and sin, uh, all of those things mm. are, mm. are a, way, a way of sort of torturing the human race that we'd be, be better off without. But I remember yeah. always thinking there's something missing about what he's saying there, that actually the fact that this instrument of torture is right at the center of our faith is actually a mirror of the world because... Because suffering is really strongly in the center of our world. I also remember in, in the UK, uh, Richard Dawkins and others had put up a whole lot of uh, ads on the side of buses saying, there is probably no God, so stop worrying and enjoy your life. Yeah. And it's really yeah. odd that why would you think if you don't believe in God that somehow human anxiety and worry goes away because yeah. it's part of the human condition yeah. and that people would necessarily in, enjoy their life. Actually, that whole struggle of... Of, of the sadness and grief and joys and how they all mix up mm. together is so much part of the, I guess, the, um, you know, the heart of being human. Um, uh, so I, I just, yeah, I wonder yeah. how you have, um, you <laughs> wow. know, struggled with that question. Not, yeah. not that you necessarily have got to the theological answer, but yeah. more a case of uh, the fact that you obviously do the theological work, but you have the lived story as yeah. well. Yeah. How yeah. does that all work? Yeah, yeah. And I guess um, you know, it's it's it is it's 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 hard, isn't it, to understand how a good God could allow suffering? Mm. Um, you know, why this God who's meant to be all powerful and all knowing, all loving, you know, doesn't intervene? And, and I guess you know, I've never really um, understood some of these comments. Maybe uh, I, I'm not sure why. I think having a good theology of suffering uh, has been very helpful when when we went into mm. this situation. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just naive, um, too trusting. But 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 I personally don't see why evil and suffering in our world needs to be God's fault. What what God created is good. 
um, w- the world's not functioning as he, he meant it to uh, as a result of sin. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, if, if I get angry at anything, I, I get angry at sin. Mm. I, I, I get a- angry w- w- with Satan. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard... You know, um, God has done something about this. Mm-hmm. And 2,000 years ago, you know, um, Jesus you know, entered into our world. And he did something about it. And, and yeah, um, we have that, that phrase, the now but not yet. Um, and we look forward to the time when, when all things will be renewed. But, but boy, we, 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 he has done something about it now, mm. his presence. Um, he, he's taken Janelle to heaven. Um, there has been healing. There, you know, no, no, no more tears. So I think um, yeah, I, I don't see it as God's fault. Mm. Um, I see this is the result of sin. You know, um, and, 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 and when I stand by my daughter's grave, you know, I have a vivid reminder of how terrible sin is and where it ultimately leads. Not, not, not that Janelle's actions led, you know, led to her sickness or anything like that. We just live in, in a world that's, that's yeah. not functioning as it was meant to do because of sin. And why do we see sin so attractive? I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, when I watch my son, you know, get stuck in a corner and not, not know how to get out of it, that's the consequences mm-hmm. of, of, of sin. Mm. Um, I, um, I'm always very careful to say this. Um, and I know I've had a lot of pushback over the years from, from, from various people and theologians on this, but, but we've learnt to value suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't have said that in the early years, but we've actually learnt to, to, to value suffering, you know. As I've just said, it reminds me of the enormity of sin. And, and so I've worked really hard. We work really hard mm. to remove it from our lives. Oh, my goodness, it's given us a, a, an eternal perspective. Yeah, it makes every day I'm thinking about heaven, where my, mm. where my daughter is. And you know those things I used to give priority to that used to be important to me? Mm. No longer. Yes. Okay. No longer important. Really clarify. Um, yeah. you know, I've been broken. Mm. Um, any sense of self-reliance and spiritual mm. pride mm. <laughs> that, that I'm a good man, that, that I've got a good life, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been taken, taken away yeah. from me. Um, oh, 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 I... We've, we've definitely realised how beautiful the, the, the church is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's been an enormous mm. value of our suffering. Wow. You know, um, I love telling the story of when um, Janelle was dying. We had this non-Christian woman working in our home, caring. And we got so much food from the church. We had too much food. We didn't know what to do with it. So we gave it to this non-Christian woman to, to, you know, to take home to her family. And, and, and she's watching. In our home, she's watching the church function. And she actually commented, what a good idea. <laughs> How wise this church wow. is. You know, you, you, again, you, talk, you talk about you know, um, yeah, suffering the church, displaying the wisdom of God. Mm. Oh, it's led to intimacy with God, mm. uh, Murray. Uh, uh, um, you know, I, you, don't, you don't want <laughs> suffering on people. But, you know, I remember one evening. It was just shocking. It was, it was in, the, in the, last, the last moments of Janelle's life. And we were in Starship and... I was holding on to my daughter. As she convul- you know, she was convulsing from a from a brain tumor, from a tumor, and, and you know, it was it was it was probably the darkest moment in my life. Do you know, it was the moment when I understood the God of Romans eight mm. for the first time. Really, nothing 
um, was able to separate me from the love of God. He was in that room, and, and I experienced it. Oh man, you know, I, I could go, I could go on and on. We, we've we've worked hard at this, mm. but 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 there's great value uh, in, in suffering. Um, yeah. The, Opportunity where it gives us opportunity to imitate Christ. Terrible thing to say, isn't it? But a, but a student's not above his teacher. Yeah, and a servant's not above his master. Um, wow, mm. Marv Dawn, um, one of my heroes, mm-hmm. helped me understand that 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 huh, suffering might be the means by which God takes us to be with Himself. Mm. That's hard work, but for yeah. for yeah. Janelle, that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So so yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, oh. I've seen God's grace in new areas. I'm going on, aren't I? I'm going on and on. I can see God's grace in, in new areas of my life. You know, just because I thought this has happened, it, it doesn't mean God's removed his grace totally from my life. Wow, I've seen all these new areas, you know, where where where, where God has bestowed his his blessing upon me. Mm. Oh, the empathy. Empathy now I have now, you know, yeah. to be able to go into Starship and sit with a family whose kids dying as they turn the life support switch mm. off. Yeah. I could, I couldn't have done that. Yeah. Huge, yeah, had, huge value. I had while you were talking, I, I had the word grace in the back of my mind, and now, now you have used it as well. And I like, I know, I know for for me, um, the the time, having grown up in the church and knowing grace as a you know as a theological concept, it was only when a couple of times in my life when I was actually you know went through something that really did break me, and I just fell back on on the grace of God and oh I was caught and I didn't almost didn't expect to be but it wasn't until those moments that I really felt like I understood really yep. experientially yep. God God's love and yep. there's that sense to me of you know if you talked about suffering and how it maybe has a value and, mm. and that was maybe a struggle mm. theologically early um, mm. I mean it does seem to me that you know it's it's those moments of of suffering that like you say they do expand your capacity to love and to have empathy yeah. in a way that you may yeah. never have had before yeah. and so you know even though we've had the fall we've had the sin then god has come in and used that to actually yes. you yep. know pull us up to a, a spiritual level that we may not have yep. been able to yep. have before yep. yeah yeah absolutely i i think and and, and i don't i don't want to sound harsh in this at all murray but but yeah it can you know these, these these difficult things in life they can make you or they can break you. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 trying to say yeah how can how can I use this for good? How can this make me a better person? Um, how can I get the support around me that I that yeah. I need? Um, you know we, we yeah so yeah that that's that's a a, a tricky one. Yeah. Um, you know we we purposely called our book hurting hope. It's and I was most, going to ask you about why, actually. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah it's the most beautiful, mm. beautiful thing about the, mm. the, the, the Christian faith. Whatever we're experiencing, whatever we're going through in life, there is always hope. Mm. Mm. Yeah, when Jesus is involved, there is always hope. Yeah. And it hurts. It can hurt, mm. but there's mm. always hope. And, and there's always a way forward. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I can see very clearly that you've, you've held on to that hope. And I think back of the, the woman who said, if anyone tells me there's a God, I will spit in their face. The idea of how can, I, I can't believe in a love of loving God, yeah. but you have, you've obviously held on and continued to hold that belief that 
and, and experience that God loves you, God loves Janelle, God loves James, God loves Jessica, God loves Joanne. The whole family yeah. is held very much in the grace of God. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Je- Jessica's middle name is Hope, actually, because of this truth. Sure. Yeah. This little light of mine. Jack lives in the remote highlands of Papua New Guinea. Blindness from cataracts broke his spirit. It doesn't have to be this way. Today, through CBM, Christian Blind Mission, you can give the miracle of sight so people like Jack can see again. Please, can you help? For just $35, you can give the miracle of sight to someone like Jack in Papua New Guinea. And New Zealand Government Aid Program will multiply your gift five times. Call CBM, Christian Blind Mission, on 0800-77-2264 or visit cbmnz.org.nz. Charles, thank you so much. I just want to finish with a question which I think you've touched on a little bit, but are there some things that you wish people who maybe don't have a close family member with a disability knew about your life and the life of of other parents of children with disabilities mm. or mm. other people with disabilities and and maybe how how can people who are you know unsure maybe find out more <laughs> yeah um yeah i i think um probably i guess it would be a summary eh, of, of all we've talked about um over the last little while uh, be proactive uh, don't don't be scared mm. um look look for the good in, in all people and let them know and, and say it acknowledge it recognize the value in people work really hard where is the image of god in them how are they contributing um and and, and celebrate it and and get alongside them and, and, and enjoy it i um would really encourage you to develop a, a healthy theology of suffering mm. um it's probably too late when the suffering comes mm. Um, and that, that's something for pastors, for, for, for teachers, you know, to, to regularly be doing with their communities, for families, giving people a good theology. So when it comes, they have a framework to make sense of it. Because at any moment, there is bound to be someone in that church that is going through something very deep and very Ab- troubling. Right? Absolutely. So, so there's no need to wait because it's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it should be a, a constant thing, mm. a regular thing. Um, yeah, because yeah, we're living in a world that's mm. not functioning as it's meant to be, and it can be very tough at times. Mm. And 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 I think um, yeah, we we have a God who was very present, um, who was very active. Yep, there are times when we need the friend, not the theologian. Don't don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. um, but to to perhaps go against even C.S. Lewis. Yeah, there are consolations <laughs> um, from the, the Christian faith mm. um, when it comes to the mm. to, to the hard times. Um, Oh, another thing I'd love to say, Murray, is remember that the family, you know, I'm just thinking from a family perspective, but remember that the family will be struggling. Mm, mm-hmm. um, they will be struggling. Mm. They'll be tired. They'll be having to fight for things. Be proactive. Mm, mm-hmm. Can we give you some respite? Amazing. Yes. Just, just a couple of hours at the cafe with a coffee mm-hmm. would really, really help Joanne and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we would come back. Just someone... Praying. Jo- Joanne had a, had a guy, what was his name, Mark Page, I think. He, every time on a, on a Sunday morning at church, every Sunday, he said, do you mind if I just pray for you? And, and for Joanne, that was a beautiful, mm. beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Every week, 
this guy would come up mm. and say, just pray for you and your family. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, there th- th- are some of the things. Um, yeah, you w- want, want to know more. Um, yeah, and of course, you read Hurting Hope. You know, I mean, it, that's what parents feel when, when their children suffer. Mm. Um, that's what we've, we've tried to, to write, I think, from, from even the, the, the organisation that you're representing. Go online and have a look, hey, and, and, and resources. Befriend someone who's living with disability. Uh, with, with profound disability, get to know them, um, get alongside them, slow down. They're probably thinking the deep thoughts in life. Um, get to know someone. And, you know, um, within New Zealand, we have Elevate as well. Um, yeah, go online and have a look at Elevate and, and, and some of the resources um, that, that mm. they have. Yeah, read the scriptures. Read where Jesus was. Uh, look what he was doing who he hung out with, and then mix that in with, with reading a bit of the Psalms as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. A real reality yeah. check um, uh, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So Charles, uh, look, it's been an honour and, and a pleasure to talk to you, to hear some of your story and, and just reflect together on um, yeah, some of the, the questions of, of being human in that situation, but mm. also mm. being Christian in that mm. situation. And yeah. uh, I thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks heaps, Murray. Yeah, um, yeah, that's just our story, and, and I appreciate you, you, you listening to it. Thank you. The book we've been referring to in this episode is Hurting Hope, What Parents Feel When Their Children Suffer. It's by Charles and Joanne Hewlett, and it's published by Piquant, and you can get this online. Thank you for listening. For more information about CBM, find us online at cbmnz.org.nz. For more great podcasts, go to baptist.nz slash podcasts.